I live in a big and beautiful house But it does feel like a home I have hundreds of friends, so why? Why do I feel so alone? I run so fast, but I am standing I'm standing so still I wish things would go my way But that's not gonna happen For as long as I stay here in this place where nothing happens I'm stuck on a road to nowhere They say I'm the girl who's always smiling But they don't get to see me crying I can't breathe from the pressures you have placed on me Am I all that you wanted? Cause I'm so disappointed With the choices I have made So far down this road That I never chose This road to nowhere And I'm going nowhere soon In this place where nothing happens I'm stuck on a road to nowhere Oh, this is not how it was all supposed to turn out Oh, this is not what it's been my childhood dreaming about But the road to nowhere is so easy And I am just so very lazy So I'll stay on this road to Not how it was all supposed to turn out. Oh, this is not what it's been my childhood dreaming about. But the road to nowhere is so easy, and I am just so Stay on this road to nowhere. Stay on this road to nowhere. I'm on a road to nowhere. I'm on a road to This week's special guest features a Scottish singer-songwriter emerging on the Scottish music scene. She's the winner of the inaugural Paola Natini Songwriting Scholarship, a debut EP the Calgary Tapes takes on her journey into music. Now through songs that tell compelling stories with introspective lyrics that really resonate with people from all walks of life, her music is honest, unapologetic in its nature, 
it's none other than Rachel Jack. Welcome, Rachel. So uh, how did you get into the music industry and uh, how have you found it so far? So I'm very new to the music industry, I guess, in terms of um, official starting point. It would have been um, August two years ago when I signed up to a songwriting course at the University of West of Scotland. Prior to that, yeah. I'd had a completely different career. And um, so that was kind of like my first in with the music industry. Um, the, the people that I met there kind of really set me up for coming out of university. So I finished that last August. And yeah. then I started, um, record, I recorded my first EP and um, my second EP is with someone I met at university. And so I'm kind of like, yeah, I would say I'm only like a year and a half in and the Calgary Tapes is the first record that I've put out and that I've even been involved in on a professional yeah. kind of level. Um, so yeah, that's that's really it. Yeah, yeah great stuff. So you, you're involved in the, the Paolo Onassini Songwriting Scholarship. What was it like winning that? Yeah. I mean, how did, you, how did that come about kind of thing? Oh, it was amazing. Well, I'd actually quit my, my, my job three years ago and I went traveling and I was in Italy when I got this email through about this conference for um, independent musicians that were, was going on in Paisley. And I, so yeah. I flew back from Italy to go to that. And it was when I was there that I was speaking about how much I loved Paolo Nettini because obviously I was in Paisley. And this guy was like, oh, do you know he's doing this scholarship thing with the University of West of Scotland? I was like, no. And wow, I applied yeah. for it thinking I would never get in because obviously it's a music a music master course and my undergrad was in business. And yeah. so like I put together this application about how I'd quit my job because I wanted to be a musician and just like wrote about like my passion for music and everything like this. And the whole time was like, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. And it wasn't yeah. until like I'd kind of decided like I was going to go for the course, whether or not I won the scholarship. Um, and uh, moved down to air and the day that I moved down there my teacher phoned me to tell me that I'd won it and I just couldn't believe it because that's wow like, yeah you know it's, it meant I didn't have to pay my university fees which is like 5,100 quid it's a lot of money and yeah, um, yeah. and also just kind of like having that stamp of approval because for me like you know there wasn't anyone encouraging me to go into music like when I quit my job everybody's like are you nuts like why would you do that like so yeah. for me to then win the scholarship it was like a little bit of validation that I really needed at that time because I was just so full of self-doubt as to whether or not yeah. I should do it yeah so yeah it was amazing it's definitely still like a highlight and every time I speak about it I smile and I still can't believe I got it like, that's so massive good. art though it's such a big name though isn't yeah. he as well that's that's amazing yeah oh I just adore him like I really do like and um yeah it's a five-year scholarship so like I'm I'm one of the first but this is going on for another you know four years um that he's funding um one person every year to go through that course so it's amazing that's so yeah. good yeah that's really great that yeah. yeah giving back to sort of Scottish music and, and everything that's amazing yeah absolutely yeah, great yeah. stuff. So how would you describe the music that you typically, typically create and like, what's your kind of creative process like? So um, the Calgary Tapes was born out of like a blog that I wrote. I was um, I was just like writing a blog to kind of process everything that had kind of changed in my life. And as I was writing that, themes came through that I thought would be good for songs. And so that's essentially what the Calgary Tapes is. It's like it replaces the blog series that I wrote. And um, that's going yeah. from this kind of corporate career to 
like this I don't have a clue what's going on now sort of place um and it's, yeah. it's all about kind of letting go of control and so the lyrics come from the blog and storytelling and it's a narrative of my life um and then yeah. on the musical side it's really just um inspired by the limitations like I only recently learned how to play guitar there's only certain chords that I can play I didn't know many musicians like still don't know many musicians and so like putting a band together just wasn't an option and likewise yeah I didn't want to wait until I was good at guitar before I released something so the music is inspired yeah. really by the limitations of what I was able to achieve on my own with just a guitar yeah. and a voice um I think like as a as like a writer as that's not the style that I want to be pigeonholed into and I, as I meet other people and collaborate more the sound will continually change as, as they kind of make just as much of an impact on the music as as I do sort of thing so yeah it's right now it's kind of just inspired by the limitations of of what I can do by myself yeah no, that's, that's cool that so what what was your previous sort of career anyway if you don't mind me asking you know what was your yeah, as obviously so, sort of saying it corporate stuff because I'm in the same kind of game at the minute you know obviously doing a bit oh, of this really? and doing a bit of yeah yeah well that's a very sensible way to do it I would say like the most sensible thing you can do is do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and maybe go down to part time. I felt like I had to fully quit because it was such a big mindset change for me. And I, yeah. the last job I had was logistics and customer services manager for um, a brewing company. And I, I was on the international side of the business and I yeah. never switched off my phone. So I would like sleep three or four hours a night and um yeah. you know we, i don't know where all the energy came from like i look back and i'm <laughs> yeah, like i same. don't know I'm how the same nice now, yeah. to do that like yeah I, I just worked 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 all the time and i was so obsessed with this like you know i want to be a director by the time i get to a certain age and so like i was yeah. deeply unhappy like i just i hated yeah. it and i yeah. i could see that i was obviously like addicted to work but there was absolutely yeah. nothing in it for me other than the money that i got at the end of the day and even yeah. then, all the money I made was like spent on forms of escapism. You know, like yeah. I never had time to cook my own dinner, so I would eat out or I'd get takeaway or you know, I'd I, every like now and again I would just like book a very expensive trip and go away for yeah. three weeks traveling. And it's like you know, yeah. I'm actually not making any money here because by the by the time I evened it all out, you know, it was like I had no time and had no money yeah. because yeah, it was just this never ending cycle of discontent, and so. I felt as though I had to do the all or nothing thing just to break out of yeah. that cycle. Um, yeah. But now I'm like, uh, in January of this year, I took on a part-time job that's an operations manager for an arts trust. And I do love having the balance. And I would always recommend yeah. people to do that. Like if you can work three days a week, then it yeah. takes all the pressure off of your creative field. You know, like you don't have to think about that thing that you love being the money maker like your bills are paid for yeah. the job and then the extra time you can put into your passion projects and hopefully one day generate income from them but you know you can still you can still feed yourself so yeah sure yeah. so yeah anyway that was a very long-winded answer so yeah it was it's supply chain is my background it's all very dry yeah. and boring um no i've, I've done a bit like that <laughs> but, years anyway a few years ago i was supply chain yeah. for, uh, for a barbecue firm so yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, i've been i've been part of that same um, old industry but i've been i've been all over the place to fair industry wise but uh so in so you mentioned that about traveling there where's where's the best best place you've, you've traveled to then 
Oh, do you know, I always think like it doesn't matter where you go, it's the people that make it. And so the memories yeah. I have are not really of the places, it's more the people that I met. And I have had yeah. the most intense friendships from people that I only spent one week with. Um, yeah. So eight years ago, I went to Australia and that was the first backpacking trip I'd done. I did Australia and New Zealand on my own. And, you know, like yeah. I will just love the people that I met there for, for the rest yeah. of my life. And, you know, we stay in touch. And um, to say, like, the last big trip I did was India. And it really should have been this massive, like, you know, like cultural experience and everything. But I ended up meeting yeah. this group of people and I just stayed in a hostel with them the whole time. And it's really bad because I didn't really see that much of the country. But I just, I just, yeah, met him with this bunch of people and just like spent weeks with them just chatting rubbish. And yeah, they feel like family now. Yeah, but that's amazing, isn't it? It's so, about yeah. people, isn't it? Yeah, travel is yeah, people is. for me. Yeah, I'm the same. It is. But yeah, I never yeah. I couldn't really pick a place. It's um I've just That's loved everywhere I go and I even love traveling Scotland as well. Like it's just if you're open to such a beautiful place. People, it is, yeah. it is. And I think like I think that even if you go on a bus to Aberdeen, which is the nearest city to me, like if you're willing yeah. to chat to people, you can have just as good an experience there as you can if you go to the other side of the world. Yeah. You know? I I always find it's just Scottish people are the most sociable people. going. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. place, Scotland. I love it. Yeah, oh, but, but if, if you're from there as well, it's, yeah, you, you like Scottish yeah. people are so so friendly. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, you can you can go to parts of England. It's very. Uns- <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if you go to London, like you know, yeah. people are very antisocial. But I, I was fine to go to Scotland. Yeah. I mean, I I in a previous guys, I've worked in places where we we've done work in London and then gone to Edinburgh. And the difference yeah. in people is like, oh, it's it's like wow, it's a complete breath of fresh air. So. So what would you say is the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice I've ever been given is to start where you are because a lot of times the musicians that you follow have been doing this for like 10 years and you look at what they're doing, what they're achieving and how they're sounding and you want to sound like that as well, but you can't compare your year one to somebody else's year 10. And so when I approached the Calgary tapes, um, Gordon, who um, recorded and mixed it for me, you know, he was like, just just do the voice and guitar thing because that's where you're at right now and if you're going to recreate this live it's much better that it sounds like how it sounds on the cd or you know it you don't want to put a band on this and make this massive sound that you can't afford to recreate um in a live setting and so yeah that's something that's time and time again people have told me like start start where you are right now um yeah and that's by far the best advice i would say i've had oh amazing our next track of the evening will be the hardest part. I drink poison, hoping you will die. I keep you close, the hook in my side binds us together. Forever and I feel you on my shoulders in the pit between my ribs that burst into a ball of fire at the mention of your name. I've cried and I've cried over how you bruised my heart. Forgiven you is the heart. 
is obviously out now um how's the reception been and uh what's your favorite track um so the reception's been really good um i'm really happy with how like with the coverage it's it's received um i've got a scotsman's art the scotman artist of the week and jim gallatly um wrote yeah. about it in the sun column and so in terms of like the kind of milestones that I set out to reach within like the Scottish music industry. I managed to reach them all, which I was really, really happy about. Um, yeah. And in terms of my favorite song, it's the hardest part, and it's purely yeah. just because that one was only written like a year ago. And I think you yeah. always tend to favor the songs that you wrote more recently, um, yeah. whereas some of them, you know, some of them had been ideas for a really long time. So yeah. I was kind of bored of them by the time I'd released them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A bit like picking your favourite child kind of thing and like, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, great stuff. So, so tell us about your lead single, Nowhere. How did you come up with this track? So Nowhere, I originally like kind of came up with the skeleton of this when I left school, actually. Um because when I left school, I really wanted to go into music, but it just wasn't encouraged at all, like not even in the slightest. Um, So I started yeah. around then sketching ideas for songs, and then I just put it to the side for like at least 10 years and never really, never, never really did much. Um, and when I started like, you know, 
for the scholarship opportunity for example I needed a bunch of demos um for applying for that and nowhere was one of the songs that I kind of already had it sounds very yeah. different on the EP to what it did then it was written as I was leaving school but then it kind of like as I was leaving my job I kind of rewrote it again because there was a really yeah. long time between initially thinking about quitting my job and actually doing it I mean that that process yeah. took years and so yeah. Yeah, it's just that feeling just kept coming back to me. And so yeah. um, I felt as though I had to, like, write that song and release it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's what it's about, really, is being, is kind of doing everything society tells you you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, going through this tick box of life, but just having a underlying feeling yeah. of dis- like, like dissatisfaction sort of thing. And, yeah, yeah. that's what Nowhere is about. Amazing. It's, it resonates so much with, like I say, my own life and people that I know, you know what I mean? Where you, you're in that same zone where you're climbing ladders, etc. And like, you know what I mean? But you're not 100% whether that's right or it's wrong or yeah, that's, that's completely yeah. resonates that. So if you could choose three albums that you can't live without, I know this is a really hard question, but what would you go with? Yeah. So I would, I would consider myself a very practical person. And so I would like to think there's nothing that I can't live without other than water. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think there's really any album that I can live without. I don't, I, I guess I'm probably not that big of a music fan that there's not a single album that I feel like I even listen to that much. Um, yeah, but in yeah. terms of, I wouldn't have been able to get through lockdown without, there's four albums that I've listened to on repeat. One is um, Fiona Apple, uh, Pass, yeah. Passive Boat Cutters. Love that one. Um, love yeah. the new Taylor Swift album, the folklore or folklore. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, Tame Impala, they had an album out yes. earlier this year, which I've had on repeat as well. Um, and I had a fourth one I was going to mention. Let me see what I think I wrote it down. Oh, J- uh, Jesse Ware's new album as well. Yeah, nice one. Name. But that's the four albums that I couldn't have lived without during lockdown yeah i've listened to them on repeat yeah i think it is it's about kind of having that you know that soundtrack to the dystopian nightmare that we've just been through for the past you know (laughs) what four or five months of you know weirdness and yeah crazy kind of listening to the news and obviously it's different between whether it's in england or whether it's in scotland or wales or northern ireland everywhere's different and you're looking at things in europe and it's like not the same and then you're like all right, okay, so we can go to gigs there, we can't go to gigs there, and nice, what a, what a world. You can't go to the pub here, but you can go to the pub there, and weird, weird it's place. Um, it has, but on the on the subject of uh, lockdown, what's what's it been like for yourself as a as a musician? Well, to be honest, it has been such a busy time for me because I loaded my releases on with a distributor before I knew there was going to be a global pandemic, right? So yeah. my first release went out on the 20th of March and I released something on the 20th of every month thereafter. And once you've kind of hit the button and that's been delivered to all of the, you know, the platforms, you can't undo that. And so I kind of felt as I was stuck in a washing machine throughout the whole pandemic. I was just like going round and round and round because, you know, I'd released the first single and it was time to promote the second one and the third one. So I kind of feel like when the EP was eventually out on the 20th of July, it was like this massive relief that I didn't have something to immediately promote after it. And I yeah. think for me, 
it meant that I didn't really notice there was a pandemic going on because I was just yeah. so busy, like between like my day job and, you know, like dealing with the amount of change within the organization I was working for because they, they're not a remote organization. So there was a stress of, you know, a change in organization on top of releasing four singles and an EP and doing everything on my own. So for me, yeah. lockdown's been very easy and I feel like one of the yeah. lucky ones. Um, but I did feel bad, like when I was promoting, I felt a bit of an idiot. I thought, you know, there's really serious stuff going on in the world right now. Like yeah. I know that I'm in this privileged position then that I've got a job and I've even got this project to focus on. And I felt yeah. I really did feel not very good about promoting myself during this time. So that side of it's been pretty rubbish. But at the same time, I realized like I have to make the most of this because, um, of course you, do. you know, it's only going to come around once. Like I'm not just going to, you know, bury it and pretend it like it didn't happen. So yeah, I'm exhausted and I'm really, I'm very much looking forward to taking maybe a week or so off soon. Yeah. Because the whole pandemic has just been so busy for me. It's been, yeah, it's, for everyone else, I mean, the, yeah, everyone, it's, it's been kind of crazy. I mean, obviously with our day jobs and stuff, you know, we've all been kind of working through it and it's just been yeah. weird. Yeah, it's because it, the thing is, it's like, yeah. you're not going to take holidays while <laughs> while this is going on. So I you're know. kind of like, well, I'll work through it, but then you're like, wow. Oh, it's August now <laughs> and my holidays run from January so to January and it's like well what do you do you know you've got to take time off at some stage and you know it's it's kind of crazy yeah. really but um but yeah but finally, I just find uh, the I find the work yeah, sorry, on, home so exhausting like yeah, I find it, it so exhausting and um, being at the computer all the time and also that being the way yeah. that everyone's communicating with you right now and I think that um yeah I think that I'm I'm really re realizing that I don't want to be a remote worker. I always thought it was going to be like <laughs> yeah. so much better than it is, but I realized like yeah. I work much harder at home, <laughs> but you don't get the coffee point meetings and you don't get to chat to people. And yeah, I miss it. hundred percent. Yeah. Space a lot. Yeah. I've been the same. Yeah. I've, I've been in the office. We've only literally been back in for two weeks, for three days where we've, we've done where my office is in central Manchester and we've been doing kind of like a trial sort of basis. So I was like, right, I'm yeah. signing straight up for that. There's like, I, I work in an office fit for like 300 people. There's literally been 30 of us in there. Wow. And I was like, wow. right, I'm signing up for that. I need to go in. And so I've been going yeah. in. I've been like, right, for the last two weeks, we've been going in for three days. And then because Greater Manchester has been locked down again, Friday morning, yeah. we're like, please don't come to the office, whatever you do. Oh, <laughs> so no. I was like, right, fine, I won't. So, so then that's it now. Yeah. The office is closed till, well, God knows, maybe oh. September. I don't know, but. But there you go. That's how it's. But it's the same thing. It's kind of like the thing of like you know, you go in, you socialize, you see the management there. You know, it's just that little thing of like you know, you get to see people and just yeah, chat absolutely. to people face to face. It's crazy. Like apart from seeing family face, you know, from two meters away in gardens and stuff, it's it's not it's yeah. not the same as it as it was. You know, it's, it's it, the not. world is it's, it's kind of crazy, really. Yeah. But yeah, um, what's the uh, what's the uh, what's next for you then? What's the what's the next kind of plan for going forward? Like sort of post lockdown have you got any gigs have you got anything lined up for the next six months well I guess in terms of how I've done things I've kind of been back gone backwards because a lot of people would do the gigs before they release a record but I released a record and then there was a pandemic and so like I don't really have yeah. the connections to be doing the gigs um yeah. which is a bit disappointing so like um I'm going straight into the next EP, which is coming out. Um, I've got a single going out in October and the EP in November. 
And that yeah. is um, one that I've done in collaboration with a producer called Dunt. Um, don't know yeah. if you know, you know the band Stanley Odd? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop band. So he's the drummer and producer of that band, and I met him at university. And so we've done a collaborative EP together, which, um, which I'm really excited about. It's a lot yeah. more poppy, a lot more electronic. And again, um, yeah. I'd imagine it'll be just releasing the record and promoting that. But I, I don't think it's, but especially for this year, I don't think I'm going to get that much chances to play live. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would imagine that, um, well, I think they just gave Scotland the go ahead like two weeks ago and they were saying it would be up to eight weeks before they could even get the gigs up and running. And then, of yeah. course, like I don't have the relationships with the people that are putting on the gigs yet. So yeah, um, I'll try, but I doubt there's going to be that much live performance. Actually, I've got a gig in February next year. That's like the first one. <laughs> yeah, whereabouts is that? It's in Aberdeen. At the, it's Cellar. I'm supporting um, Joshua Grant, you know. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Joshua Grant from Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice so, one. Yeah. yeah. It's. It's. I think. I think. I think everyone's going for twenty twenty one now. I think everyone's kind of written off twenty twenty as a as a as yeah. a, an, an option now. So it's a shame. It's a real shame, especially for live music. I know oh, there's been the occasional kind of live outdoor gig in Manchester City Centre. So there's, there's a few venues that yeah. obviously have a bit of outdoor space and stuff. Um. Oh, so I'm cool. speaking from like a local basis, really, but. But it's still been very limited to what what's achievable yeah. really, and what would have been potentially maybe a one hundred, two hundred person venue is now down to like maybe forty, and everyone's sat socially distanced and stuff, and in groups, and it, it's so awkward. And especially now with Greater Manchester being locked down as it is, it's kind of like, well, you know, even though people are kind of within sort of family groups or not, it's it's like household groups kind yeah. of thing. It's it's so awkward. It is it's so weird, but. Hopefully it's just a temporary it thing and within six months' time we'll be back to the old days and, you know, how it was in 2019. Well, I, was, but... I was hoping they would do, like, a like a hybrid of, like, um, socially distanced. Like, so, like, they take on a big venue and it's socially distanced, but then they also, like, live stream it for people who want to watch it as well. And, like, That'd be good. You, know, have yeah. like a, you know, have the income model of, like, okay, the ticket sales are down, which we know because they can only sell, sell, like, a third of them. But then yeah. more people can join in across the internet, you know. And I'd yeah. love to see that happening. Like that's something I'd I love think to it get will. involved in. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it will. As people, really I cool. think as they suss it out, I think yeah. it will. But yeah, but it's a great idea. I think, that. I think it is. I think as as they suss out where they're going to go with it, and it's so new this stuff. Because let's face it, the, the, the whole like you say the income models are, are so old school. Where it's like you know for the last hundred yeah. years, like venues have been safe, <laughs> so. You know, yeah. it's not been a problem where people can't go to places and crowd up and go to bars and queue up and stuff. So it's it's a, it's a new thing for everyone. This, mm-hmm. but it is it is mm-hmm. weird dystopian times. You know, where you you walk through a city centre and everyone's got a mask on, and you know, it's weird, really. So, but yeah, but yeah, it's very strange. Our final track of the evening will be equalised. Fear insurmountable. Mind paralyzed, heavily sedated, poorly advised. Questions with no answers, ticking clocks and calendars. I could run the other way like I always do. 
I put 